0: Alright. We're doing it. We're doing it again. Yet again. Welcome back to Be Careful What You Cast For. Welcome back. The only Goosebumps podcast that you care about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's the only one I care about. Uh, Actually, there's, there's one other one. That there's
1: another about. one? No, no, no. There's another one, the ones pretty good. A couple that are pretty terrible, but yeah. <laughs> so this we is are definitely not the worst Goosebumps yeah. podcast. We are
0: podcast. not the worst Goosebumps podcast out there. Not even close. No, no. By far. All right, so who are you? You're Justin, right? Yeah, I'm Justin, and you Justin. are I'm George. George. Yes. All right, and today, Hello, um, sir. and as on all our podcasts, we like to go back and talk about the old Goosebumps books. Yeah, we're doing the Goosebumps books. Yes, this is our tenth Goosebumps this is, book. This is our um, this is our tenth Goosebumps book. Yeah.
1: Yes. Last week we took a little break for a walk down Fear Street for some hot kisses. Yes, yes. Now we're back on Goosebumps Street. Yes, so for book ten.
0: So last week was a very special episode of Be Careful What You Cast For, Mm -hmm. uh, which might need some parental advisory. Yeah. So, but you know, adult themes and whatnot. But back, now we're back to the good old Goosebumps. Uh, So this one is, what's the name of this one, Justin? The Ghost Next Door. The Ghost Next Door, released in 1992. Re-released in two thousand three, and then re-released again two thousand fifteen. Came out in
1: ninety two. Is that what you said?
0: Nineteen ninety three. Okay, yeah, is probably what I meant to say. Okay. What did I say? I
1: thought you said two, but whatever. I probably said two. Yeah, it was definitely ninety three because we're we're at the point where R L. Stein is in his groove, releasing one book a month. Yes, which he hit in nineteen ninety three. Yes, and so he yes. just really started cranking them out.
0: Yes, yes, great. So,
1: high level thoughts. We're on high level thoughts already. All oh. right, that's fine. No, let's do it. High level thoughts, mm-hmm. George. This book. I wasn't sure about it for most of the book. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it seemed like it was, if if it weren't for um, some twists and turns of sorts towards Mm -hmm. the end, definitely got me back at the end. But for most of it, like I was expecting one particular twist. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is just the book that he had to write to do this one twist. Okay. He's just going to explore this one specific trope. Okay. And I was fine with that, but I didn't think it was really going to go anywhere beyond that. And then Ah. it kind of did, and so I was pretty happy with it by
0: the end of it. So for me, uh, this was a book that I remember almost totally. Okay. Uh, this was a book that, if you listen to our unaired podcast, uh, which some of our uh, hardcore listeners might know about, uh, there was probably mention to uh, this book. Really, you know? I don't remember that even, but, okay. uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, this was a book that I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed rereading it. And um, I remember I enjoyed reading it the first time. Yeah. Actually, you'll um, you'll
1: have to... I don't want to ask you yet, like, what you thought of it the first time you read it, because that'll kind of spoil the whole thing. But when we get to the end of this episode, let's circle back and talk about, like, what your first impressions were, if you remember. Oh, I definitely have thoughts about this. Great, great, great. Definitely
0: have thoughts about this. This was an impactful one. Great. So... Let's see, what do we got now? Those are our high-level thoughts. Yes. Um, Let's talk about covers briefly. Covers, you know. Um, How would you describe this cover, Jesse? So
1: cover number one, the original release in 1993, it's um, like
0: a ghostly kind of
1: form standing on a welcome mat at a Mm -hmm. door. And there's a door opening, and there's somebody standing inside the door. But it's basically a ghost at the front door. Yeah, you're looking at
0: the ghost's feet, and it looks like they're feets. That's not a word. Uh, Feet. (laughs) And they're wearing, it looks like maybe some sort of converse, you know, like so it's like a kid ghost probably. Yeah. And the caption
1: there, there is a strange new
0: kid on the block. Mm. Mm. So So.
1: overall, um, it gives you a pretty good impression of what the story is about. There, it's like a ghost next door. That's yep. the title of the book, and that's what we're seeing in the illustration here.
0: Cover art by Tim Jacobs.
1: Tim Jacobus. Jacobus. Yeah, he did most of the covers, I believe. Definitely. definitely. If not like all of the originals, I'm not sure, but
0: he did a lot of them. There might have been a few they didn't do, but okay. let's see. So for the re-release in 2000... So and what
1: we usually see here is it's like the same, but just the colors are a little bit different. The color scheme changes, and yeah. that's the case here as well. So 2003, very, so. very little change. Caption didn't change. The illustration didn't change. It's just got, like, the green border around the front cover.
0: Yeah. It changed the colors. It looks like they zoomed uh, out a little bit, just made it a little bit smaller. Yeah, very slightly. They muted the colors a little bit. I mean, like, these ones really look like they just put them on a bad photocopier machine and then just ran them out. Go back to the
1: first one again. Yeah, there's just minimal, minimal changes, but definitely not better. No. It's not better. It's, like, a little bit worse just based on the color scheme. Yeah. But, all right, there was a, a release in 2015, so pretty recent, actually, and interesting. All right, so what we've got here is uh, the cover is like a ghostly hand mm-hmm. reaching for like a knocker on the door, like mm-hmm. a metal knocker. Yep, yep. And And uh, it's kind of like a demon face, and it's kind of an interesting cover, but it, it's, it's not great. I don't it's know. It's too
0: much. It's too Maybe much. Maybe
1: it's too much. The original one was not spooky or scary at all, so to have this one be a little bit scarier... I mean, I'm not against it.
0: I mean, this one. I mean, if you're afraid of ghosts, this one has a little bit of a spook factor, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. This, but the the 2015 one, which I think was actually released uh, in tandem with the actual movie, oh, uh, the Bruce Bumps movie, okay. was. Um, I don't know. It, it just seems like it's just going over the top and doesn't need to, like a lot of the newer newer covers. Yeah. Like, there's no subtlety.
1: This one suggests that there's like a scary house with like a scary kind of demon faced metal knocker thing on the door which is not really the case yeah so i don't really know what they're going for here but i don't hate it it's fine just Um, as i think it's almost it's like as good in my opinion
0: no i think it's worse but that's that's just me that's just me i've i've had this one was um i guess one of the most impactful goosebumps for me yeah so, um, let's see. Any other high level thoughts? Or? I don't think
1: so. Let's jump into the story because there's a lot to talk about at the end. All right. So, I feel like there's quite a bit to get through, and then we've got um, a lot happening at the end. So, let's get started. ASAP.
0: So, like with all of our uh, podcasts on Be Careful What You Cast For, we recommend that all of our listeners um, go through and uh, read the yeah, book. Yeah. Go read the people. book. Yeah. Find it at your local library or, uh, online or wherever you, uh, wherever fine books are able to be looked at. Yeah. So, um, we it's, a fine give book. You, it's a fine and dandy book. Yep. Go so, ahead and
1: take a moment, pause your podcast, go read that book, and then come back and unpause your podcast. So, read it
0: right now. Do it. And we're back. And we're back. Wasn't that a good book?
1: I thought it was pretty good. Yes. Let's talk about it. Yes. Are you ready to start? I'm ready to start. All right, let's start with chapter one. Chapter one is a good place to The story to start. starts with our main character, Hannah Fairchild. She's waking up in a room on fire, and there's crackling sounds and there's bright flames. Her mm-hmm. bedroom is basically on fire. Uh, She begins to choke on the smoke filling the room, and she knows it's too late to get out, and she screams, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then she wakes up. It was only a dream. It was only a dream, George. We (laughs) got a page one trope. Yep. We've seen this trope before. It's back right on page one. Yeah. So he's kicking things off with a trope. It was only a dream. So she's alive. Good for her. She's a little bit shaken up from the dream because it felt so real, Mm -hmm. but she's glad to be awake, and she's glad to be alive, and she feels pretty good about that. It's a beautiful summer day, mm-hmm. and she's feeling great, even though she's having kind of a boring summer. Her friends are all away at camp. There's nothing to do in her town of Greenwood Falls. So she's kind of just a bored kid, but feeling good on a nice summer day. Yeah, uh, Happy to be alive.
0: She said, you know, it's a summer day back in 1993. Uh, she read a lot of books and watched a lot of TV, rode her bike and did all the stuff that she that you normally do in 1993. Yeah. Thinking about how bad TV was in 1993 actually made me a little bit sad like um, summertime tv in 1993 without cable.
1: Uh yeah, that's probably the case. But there was I think better like cartoons and stuff on in the
0: afternoons? Uh, no, really? I mean like in terms of throughout the day. Throughout, like, you had maybe...
1: Daytime TV was
0: awful, for sure.
1: 100%. But I feel like after school, got you got cartoons on, like, uh, Fox and stuff.
0: Well, it wasn't Fox initially. It Batman was, um, the Animated Series and stuff? That didn't come out until a little bit later. Really? You know, like, at this time, maybe you got the Disney Afternoons before they had fully formed. Huh. Um, but then that's, like, you'd have uh, DuckTales and Chimdales Rescue Rangers, uh, then Tailspin, uh, then... Um, Dark, Darkwing Duck wasn't uh, didn't start it off, but okay. uh, you'd have Goof Troop eventually in the later '90s and things like that. Darkwing Duck, hmm. then gargoyles later '90s after hmm. Batman the Animated Series.
1: TMNT, nothing like that. Uh, that like would be 1990s. Saturday morning. That'd be Saturday right, morning, right?
0: Um, but huh. all right, teenage mutants. I guess in the early '90s, but again, it. That's maybe. A few hours out of the day. For the majority of the time, T V was just a barren wasteland yeah.
1: with you got um, nothing in the early morning. Then you got the prices right. You got prices right. So you got like an hour of, of gold right in the middle of your day. Oh there. no. Uh, you'd
0: watch the prices right.
1: Yeah. I love that show. <laughs> I did not. Oh, I definitely did. You know you did Bob you, Barker? Bob Barker. Fantastic. I mean you Classic. got twenty
0: one jump street coming on around middle of the day. Um didn't watch that one. <laughs> I, I, it just came okay. on. We didn't have that many channels. Yeah. Um I don't know. I remember we'd watch PBFs just because, and yeah. then when the learn to read, uh, thing would come on, me and my sister would run to find the remote to change the channel. Okay, so yeah, but
1: all right. So yeah, daytime TV definitely pretty bad. It made me but so sad. At the, ultimately, like if all your friends are out of town at summertime, days get pretty long. You yeah, get a little bored. Yeah, but yeah. in spite of that, she's in a good mood. She yeah. puts on her usual uniform of green dayglow shorts and mm-hmm. a sleeveless green dayglow top. Mm-hmm. She loves those bright colors. And they kind of actually, when she's putting them on, they remind her of the flames in her dream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she mutters to herself, "Hey, dream, get lost," because it's like on her mind a lot.
0: Hey, get out of your dream. Get out of your dream.
1: Do you, you often scold your own thoughts? Is that something that you
0: not out loud, but yes, yes, I do. Okay,
1: um, like take a hike. Take a hike. Anxiety and depression. Get out of here. <laughs> get,
0: get out of your sadness. <laughs> get out of your sadness. No one wants you around. Knock, Knock overeating. it off. Voices in my head.
1: <laughs> yeah. Quiet. So that's what uh, she's up to. Do
0: you have any dayglow clothing left, Justin? Oh man, I wish no. Uh, Do you? I would I... love
1: to see that.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I don't think so. I, I as, as you've noticed, I wear a lot of um toned down earth co- yeah. tones or a black. Yeah. So I've noticed that. I find it to be slimming.
2: Okay,
1: so. fair enough. Yes. Um, but uh, uh, Hannah likes the dayglow. She's uh, getting dressed for the day. She's got a couple siblings. They're twin six-year-old boys named Bill and Herb. Mm -hmm.
0: Those are old man names. They are, yeah. They're really old man names.
1: Yeah, they're downstairs having breakfast with their mom. Hannah's in a great mood. as As I said, she's joking around with her brothers. After breakfast, Hannah goes outside, and while she's walking in the yard, she hears a voice yelling, look out, and Hannah feels a sharp pain in her back and then gets knocked to the ground. Hmm. Um, and I figured she'd gotten hit by a ball or something, but apparently a boy on a bike actually crashed into her. So she mm-hmm. got knocked down by a kid on a bike. Yeah. And Hannah thinks to herself, you know, I'm wearing a Danglow outfit. How could he not see me? Yeah, that that's that's a very reasonable thought. Yeah. Already a for reasonable
0: people.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so
1: agreed. Um, so Hannah says to this kid, "What are you doing riding a bike in my yard?" And the boy says, "Your yard. Do you live here."
0: Mm-hmm. And Hannah
1: says, "Where do you live?" And he says, "Next door." And Hannah's like, what? How is this possible? Like, I've never seen this kid before. I don't know who this kid is. I thought the house next to me was empty. Mm -hmm. And she's sure that it was empty because she's never seen anyone go in or out. She's home all day, every day. Mm -hmm. She didn't know anybody was there. But apparently there's a family living next door. And the kid is Danny Anderson. He's 12 years old.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Same age as uh, Hannah.
1: Yeah, same age as pretty much everyone in the Goosebumps universe. Oh,
0: by the way, another Goosebumps summer book.
1: Yeah. So Yeah, they're pretty much all summer books. Yeah, Yeah, it seems that way. Um, so they're trying to figure out how it's possible that they've both lived in the neighborhood uh, for a while and never met. Then Hannah hears her brother Bill yelling, and Hannah tells him to go bother his mom. But then Hannah turns back around, and Danny has vanished into thin air. Mm. So she's met this kid uh, who's a neighbor. She doesn't like. They're talking about their school and asking if, like, do you know so and so? Do you know so and so? Yeah. They're so, like presumably in the same grade. Yes. But somehow yes. they don't know any of the same people, and they mm-hmm. think that's really weird. Um, she doesn't know she didn't know that there was anybody living next door so that's weird yeah. and then she's having the conversation with his kid and he kind of disappears like suddenly so that's mm-hmm, weird too. A mm-hmm. bunch of weird. We got a whole pile of weird. Yeah. Hmm. That morning Hannah checks the mail and there's nothing for her. She's disappointed because she was hoping for a letter from her friend Janie who's away at camp. Mm-hmm. So Hannah sits down and writes a scathing letter to Janie scolding her for not writing. Scathing. She mentions Danny in the letter. She still thinks it's strange that he lives next door and he had never they'd
0: never seen each other before. One of the things in the letter is that um she says, Oh, you promised you said you'd write me every day. Uh, is this a callback to a uh, Camp Nightmare?
2: Oh, it could be. Yeah. Mean, basically
0: mm-hmm. all her friends very, are at Camp. Very interesting thought. I like that. He says, Um, you said you'd write me every day. It could Camp be a Nightmare
1: call- ended up being a fraud, but <laughs> but it's possible that Janie is a participant in Camp I mean, Nightmare. It is possible.
0: Yeah. It is possible. Very
1: interesting. She'd be at the girls camp. Yep, Camp Nightmoon.
0: Camp Moon. Yeah. Night Moon. Yes, sir. Very interesting. Good thought. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's what you say to anyone who goes to camp. Oh, we we'll write you every day and stuff like that. So
1: yeah. So she's pretty bummed out that her friends apparently have abandoned her the summer. She's got nobody to hang out with. She's not, she hasn't heard from anybody. None of her friends
0: are writing to her. So she's upset. Yeah, I mean, she was so bored that the night uh, that the night before, her and her brothers got together, they made themselves a little campfire behind the garage. Right. And so that they did that to pass the time.
1: Yeah. So. So, Hannah then goes downtown to mail the letter that she just wrote. She goes to the post office. Mm-hmm. On the way, she passes Mrs. Quilty's house and says hi to Mrs. Quilty. But Mrs. Quilty completely ignores her, and Hannah calls her a snob. Mm. Then Hannah gets to the post office. She drops off the letter, and then she hears a commotion in the alley next to the post office. There's angry shouting and there's yelling. She goes to check it out, and she sees that Mr. Chesney, the postmaster, mm-hmm. is arguing with three boys, including Danny from earlier. Mm-hmm. and two other boys who are a little bit older, um, and they've also got a dog. Yeah, so
0: the R.L. Stein dog makes an appearance. Yeah, difference. we got a dog. Uh, Unnamed dog, though. Unnamed uh,
1: dog this time, yeah. So, and Mr. Chesney, it seems, has told the boys to leave and then started throwing rocks at the dog. So the boys are upset. They're saying, like, you can't throw rocks at my dog, mm-hmm. and so they're arguing back and forth. Uh, the boys say that they're going to tell their parents, and Mr. Chesney says, go ahead, also tell them that you're trespassing and being disrespectful. So definitely a bit of a conflict there. And the boys then run off, and Mr. Chesney storms past Hannah without acknowledging her. Mm-hmm. So we've got a little bit of conflict. Mr. Chesney, the postmaster, versus the kids of the town. Yes. Including Danny, the mysterious neighbor.
0: So apparently like no one liked Mr. Chesney in the entire town. All
1: those kids hate Mr. Chesney.
0: Yeah, so it's a situation where Mr. Chesney, um, I'll take this part if you don't mind. Mr. Please Chesney uh, would be just hated by all the kids. All the kids wanted to, what well, they wanted to play at Prankham at Halloween time. Yep. That's right. So basically, they want to play a prank on him, and so they all were getting together to play a prank. And um, the day came for the pranking, and they were stopped by Mister Chesney on his porch with a shotgun. Right. So that's a little bit extreme yeah. for to for kids prank type of thing. I agree with that.
1: So in terms of pranks, they were going to spray paint his windows, which is a pretty bad. Prank. That is that is that, that is that is vandalism. Uh, vandalism. Yes. Yeah. So, but, what, but whatever. Still, it does not justify shotguns. I mean, I guess you don't need to escalate the situation postmaster Chesney, by bringing out a gun.
0: It is, but he, I mean, I guess he is a post office worker, so I guess He's that's... a federal employee, George. Oh, I'm sorry. Show him appropriate I respect. I am sorry, Mr. Right. Chesney. Yeah. Um. I I guess I guess use shotguns on children Yeah. to scare them away. Yep. You know? Yeah. So
1: there's a, a little bit of a history of conflict with Mr. Chesney. Yeah. The kids don't like him. The boys don't like him. Hannah doesn't really like him either. Yeah. So Hannah's thinking about the incident with Mr. Chesney and the boys and thinking about Danny and how pale and frightened he was. Mm -hmm. When he was arguing with Mister Chesney, she said it looked like he nearly faded into the bright sunlight.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Again, very mysterious, right? Yes. Then Hannah is going to head home to watch General Hospital. She mentions that that's your terrible daytime TV. Name
0: name dropping General Hospital, yeah. So uh, for those who don't, who have you know better things to do than watch TV during the daytime, Justin, why don't you remind them what General Hospital was?
1: A soap opera. I don't think I've ever seen it. I assume that it took place in a hospital. It was probably mm-hmm. like a medical show-themed soap opera. Yeah. Right? I, is it still going? I don't know. Yeah, um, It's very possible that it, it is. It was a
0: very long-running soap opera. I think um, Sarah Michelle Geller from Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer even was on it for a little bit. Hmm. A lot of actors got them start, their starts in some of these soap operas. Yeah. You could always tell the soap operas by the quality of the camera work where you're switching the channels.
1: Yeah. I mean, they definitely... Were kind of thrown together, but yeah. George, they're producing like an hour long show every day. That's insane. That's yeah. like very impressive that you're making a TV show and you're releasing an episode every day, and it's a full hour. Wait, every day? Pretty much. Well, not on weekends, but I mean, I think it was like pretty much year round. I don't know, but mm. I mean, that's like a pretty impressive amount of content to be cranking out.
0: Do you think they probably did a lot of work like on the weekends and just had like a backlog? Yeah, and they just, just kind to stay of released ahead of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's reasonable.
1: But I think um, the fact that soap operas like that existed and that they cranked out that many episodes is pretty impressive. I don't know. Mm. But I never really watched them, and they were also probably
0: pretty terrible. They Uh, were pretty bad. There's stories about some of the crazy ones with some crazy people, but that's for another podcast for another time. But
1: apparently Hannah's a fan, so she's going to go home and watch General Hospital. Mm -hmm. But on the way back, she sees a dark figure step out from behind a tree, and it starts motioning for her to come closer and Mm. starts whispering her name in a voice as soft and dry as death, George. Hannah. <laughs> so Hannah runs, as, as one does. Yeah. Uh, she thinks the figure is chasing her, and then she stops and turns around and says, who are you, but there's no one there. And Hannah mm-hmm. tells herself that it was just her imagination.
0: Mm-hmm. Running away with her,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Just her imagination, running away with her. Yep. So, all right, so we got a little bit of spookiness happening early on in chapter four. Uh, four. Yep. All
1: right. Yeah, and at dinner... Hannah tries to tell her parents about Danny in the house next door, but the parents don't know anything about it. They didn't know that there was anybody living next door. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, very mysterious. Mm -hmm. A few days later, Hannah sees Danny playing outside, and she runs over to talk to him. She's asking him about his summer and what he's been up to. He's throwing a tennis ball against the house, Mm -hmm. which eventually gets stuck up on the roof. Mm -hmm. She asks what school he goes to, and he says Maple Avenue Middle School, which is the same school that Hannah goes to, and they're in the same grade. Uh, but they don't know each other, any of each other's friends. So, again, it's pretty weird. Like, they can't figure out um, why they've never met before. Mm-hmm. Hannah thinks this is impossible. And Danny's walking around the yard. And Hannah can barely see him in the bright sunlight. So, again, mm-hmm. like she makes comments about how it seems like he's kind of fading out. Yeah. And, like, getting lost in the sunlight.
0: Just getting overexposed in the light.
1: Yeah. And at that point, Hannah thinks to herself that Danny keeps disappearing like a ghost.
2: hmm mm-hmm.
1: So, a little bit of uh, ghostly talk of ghosts some ghostly references. We know the title of the book is Ghost Next Door. So yeah. there's definitely allusions throughout kind of the first few chapters that maybe Danny is a little bit ghostly.
0: Yeah, mostly ghostly.
1: Mostly ghostly, and we've got like a ghostly mystery to figure out yes. what's going on with Danny.
0: Where did he come from? What's his deal? Exactly, exactly.
1: So Danny reappears carrying a ladder so that he can get his ball off the roof. Mm-hmm. He starts climbing the ladder, but Hannah tries to stop him because she gets a bad feeling about it. She mm-hmm. gets a feeling that's too dangerous for him to be climbing up that ladder. Mm-hmm. But Danny climbs onto the roof anyway, Mm -hmm. grabs his ball, loses his balance, and falls off the roof.
0: Head first, apparently.
1: Yep. Hannah screams and closes her eyes. but When she opens them, Danny is standing there. He's fine. Hannah asks how he landed on his feet since he was Mm -hmm. falling head first. And Mm -hmm. Danny says, magic.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, he must have tucked and rolled. Um, he well, pro- he landed.
1: I mean, it sounded like he landed on his feet. So I yeah. don't know if there was any tucking and rolling. No, you got it. Like, you he go. Just, he stuck the landing.
0: Yeah. I mean, you go head first, and then you kind of tuck as you're going okay. so that you can rotate over. Okay. You know, any gymnast would tell you. Didn't you learn this in your gymnastic classes? I didn't even take gymnastics
1: class. No. I missed no. out.
0: But, um, but he would probably be friends with, uh, what's his name from the last story? Corey? Uh, was it Corey? No, I don't think it was Corey. From the Fear Street book. In the comments below, write who the uh, person in the Fear Street book we did last episode was. But yeah, so first and foremost, you're going up onto a roof, right? What was that kid's name? It's going to bother me now. It wasn't Brad. It wasn't Anna. I think Anna was the name of the girl. Yeah, the girl, and Brad right? was her brother. I thought the guy's name was Corey. Ah, I could be wrong. Jeez. All right. I mean, the book's right over there if you want to grab it. All right, go ahead. That's how much you're obsessed with it. That's how much you love the book Anyways, so much. Anyways, go on. So basically, with all of this, when you go and stand to get something out of a gutter, you don't need to walk onto the actual roof itself. It Corey. Sorry. So go, go um, on. with all of this, he could have just gone up, reached into the gutter, and got his ball as opposed to getting on the roof. So this was kind of an unreasonable act. He's kind of showing off. Um, kind of shows the need for attention a little bit. Perhaps. I mean, he seems like a nice kid so far, but it looks like he is a little bit attention-seeking because it doesn't seem like he gets that much attention. So That's possible. I think this plays out more throughout the book.
1: You know, for my for myself, because I was a kid once, and oh. I would take any opportunity to, to climb a ladder and climb on a roof. Really? Absolutely, just for fun. I yeah. would do it if there was nobody around. Yeah. Like, I just want a, the excitement of climbing on a roof. I had friends- How often do you get to climb on a roof? It's pretty unusual. That's so. true. I'll seize that moment.
0: I've had friends who would uh, like jump off uh, like the second story uh, sort of deck that we had like yep. into the backyard and stuff like that. So yep. I, had, I knew people who did that. Also had a family friend who fell off a roof and broke his spine yeah. a little bit. Yeah, so that uh, happens too. Yeah, so you need to be careful with that, you
1: know? Danny, at some point in the story, made a comment about how his mom calls him like the daredevil or something. So he's Danny always, Daredevil Anderson. Yeah, so he's always jumping on stuff and climbing stuff and
0: yeah. doing whatever. Yeah, I mean, if he had a proper outlet for this, like, a gymnastics class, but they probably got rid of the gymnastic classes in the um, early 90s, you know, because we never heard about a gymnastics team that much. Again, any one of uh, Arl Stein's stories. That's true. So,
2: yeah. But so,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. So, uh, Danny has fallen off the roof, but come away from it unscathed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hannah's like, that was amazing. And then Hannah's mom calls her back home to watch her brothers while she's out. Yeah. And Hannah gets back to the house and says, that was Danny. Did you see him? And mom says, no, I didn't see him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that night Hannah's thinking about Danny again. She looks over at his house and it looks empty. It always looks empty, apparently. Mm-hmm. And she's never seen anyone go in or out. She thinks about when he fell off the roof, but was fine. And again, mm-hmm. she's thinking that maybe he's a ghost. She doesn't seriously think he's a ghost, but it does cross her mind. Like She's not taking her own thoughts seriously. Yeah. She's like, hmm, he seems kind of ghostly. But
0: I mean, she's like thinking this through and kind of, you know, logic, trying logic through it. One thing I want to point out is one of the things that she was playing with her br- brothers, uh, Bill and Herb. Mm-hmm. They were actually going to play shoots and ladders. Right now, did you know that shoots and ladders was actually used to teach puritanical values? I did not. Like basically, if the shoots were like if you did things like drinking, that would bring you down to the bottom. The ladders were like investing your money; it would make you wealthy and bring you up. Okay, so it was kind of a way to sort of slip values in and also talk about the randomness in life because there's really no the only way to win shoots and ladders is kind of at chance okay. you know so
1: but yeah interesting so i've actually never played shoots and ladders you've in my never life. played I've shoots never. and ladders but it, what what i'm getting from you is that there's randomness but there's a facade of the choices that you make and if you try to live a good life yes. you'll succeed in life but in fact it's actually a completely random
0: it, i mean it's, it's a dice roll interesting uh but the thing is that they have have you seen the game board? I think so. Yeah. Like they'll have like a ladder at the bottom of the ladder, there'll be someone investing their money. In the top of the ladder, there will be them getting like a dividend or getting a nice check or having big money from the bank. Yeah. Um, in one, like it would be um instead of shoots and ladders, it might be snakes and ladders or whatever. Eels and escalators. Eels and
1: escalators. and escalators. Yeah, it's <laughs> <That's> from SpongeBob.
0: <laughs> but um, with the um. Snakes, eels, or shoots. It would be someone like pushing somebody down, and then at the bottom, it'll be them like being taken to jail or something like that. Okay. Yep. So, sort of like saying, Oh, you do these bad things, you know, bad things happen to you, yep. and you are put back in life. Okay. So, and I think this is actually a very old game that went yep. back to even like, I think, um, even before pure, uh, the Puritanical games. Right. And so they talk about like different uh, levels of like karma and stuff like that. Okay. So, sorry, just a no, little it's side good. note. Yeah,
1: it's good. To, uh, it sounds like it's a game that can teach you a lot about life.
0: I guess for little children, just not to do bad things. Otherwise, it's going to sure. set you back yeah. on the karmic Why scale. Yeah, you don't want those eels. Yeah, you don't want those eels. <laughs> All right. All so, right.
1: Hannah is still thinking about Danny and how he's just too mysterious. So, she's going to have to do some spying. She's going to start by looking in his kitchen window. That's yes. step one. I'm going to be a spy. I'm going to go look in those windows. That's the
0: first thing she wants
1: to do. So she walks over there. She looks in the window. And Danny is standing right there. Looking right at right the window, at her. staring back at her. Hannah's a terrible spy. Very bad. Really bad start. Yes. So she sees Danny in the kitchen. Uh, and what is otherwise a very normal looking kitchen. Mm-hmm. Danny then comes to the door. And he's like, hey, Hannah, what's going on? Uh, do you want to come inside or something? Yeah. And Hannah's like, no. And awkwardly mumbles some stuff. And then she leaves. So not very smooth.
0: Not smooth at all. Pretty bad. I mean... 12 years old i mean would you be able to do something better at 12 would you have done this at 12 uh yeah Like, what would you have done at as a 12 year old
1: for spying yeah uh just keep keep your distance keep yeah. more distance yeah you gotta be patient yes, yes. yeah choose your moment exercise great patience as, as, as opposed
0: spy. to walking right over to their kitchen window yeah in broad daylight and right. looking in yeah
1: terrible so but she's not giving up. Next day, she's going to do some more spying. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sees Danny riding off on his bike. So Hannah follows him. They're pedaling into town. Danny isn't too far ahead of her. But then again, she loses him. Mm-hmm. Not a great spy, George. No. She lost her target. She's
0: not a Harriet. She's not Harriet the Spy. She's not. Harriet the Spy was far Harriet, better than she
1: was. she is not. So no. On her way back home uh, after she loses Danny, Hannah sees that menacing shadowy figure again. Mm-hmm. It's coming towards her and she's pedaling as fast as she can to get away. But eventually, she loses her balance and falls over. Mm -hmm. And the shadowy figure with glowing red eyes approaches her. And it's whispering. Hannah. Yep. Hannah. Yep. And then the whisper becomes a shout when Hannah opens her eyes. And it's Danny standing there. Hannah. Hannah. Yep. Yep. You okay? So it's Danny. And Hannah tells Danny that there was a shadowy figure following her. And he's like, what was following you? I didn't see anything. And Mm -hmm. Hannah's thinking that Danny must think that she's crazy. So, and she thinks to herself that maybe she is. So she's like, am I losing my mind a little bit? Is my imagination running away?
0: Again, reasonable thing. Um, I mean, a little bit of self-doubt, but she is uh, doing something called reality checking. Mm -hmm. uh, Basically trying to figure out, is this correct before she actually runs and flies off the handle with everything? So, again, a person who might not be within their right mind wouldn't know to check their reality or to think about, if what they're perceiving is correct. That's so. right.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the next day, Hannah checks the mailbox, but still no letter from Janie, even though Janie had promised to write every day. Yep. So Hannah decides to sit outside and write another angry letter to Janie yep. about how disappointed she is that she's been forgotten and abandoned.
0: Saying that she hopes that you've been by snakes and yeah, or got sunburn or something yeah, awful. Yeah, and she
1: also says uh, to Janie that um, she hopes that she drowned. Yeah. And then Hannah goes on to talk about Danny and how he might be a ghost. Mm-hmm. She says she's still in the process of collecting evidence. She's not even sure if she should send the letter to Janie when she's finished writing it. Mm-hmm. Because it sounds so crazy, but she feels like she really needs to tell somebody about what she's been seeing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: Then Danny appears and startles Hannah. And it's Danny says, give me the letter, Hannah. I can't let you mail it. You've discovered the truth about me and I can't let you tell anyone else. Mm-hmm. Hannah says, so it's true then? You're a ghost? And Danny says, give me the letter. Mm -hmm. And then the sun is so bright that Hannah has to look away from Danny, gets lost in the sunlight. Mm -hmm. And then Hannah wakes up. It was a dream again. It was all a dream. It was all a dream again.
0: Again. Arlstein with these dream tropes. Double dream trope in the same story. Yep. Yep. We need to start having a ticker for the dream tropes. Yeah, cut them up. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: it's a very, it's a go to trope. For yeah. Is so it
0: lazy funny. writing or is it yep. just a plot device that gets reused?
1: Um, it can't be both. I mean, it is kind of lazy because he wants to have end of chapter cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. And so you make something crazy happen and then you take it back. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. It's fine.
0: Has there been a book where he has not used the all the dream trope?
1: I think so. There's only, It's only been used in a few different books, three or four, four
0: or five of the
1: books we've done so far. But the, the fact that he's using it multiple times in the same book seems pretty aggressive.
0: Yeah. I guess it has an aggressive writing schedule too, so. That's true. Yeah.
1: But there are so many only so many tropes in the world, and so if you got to write a book every month, you're going to have to do some recycling. Yeah. Yeah. But Hannah's twin brothers are there when she wakes up and they tell her that she was snoring. She's like, "Oh, I had a bad dream."
0: Yeah, you're like, "Oh, you were snoring, Hannah."
1: Yep. The next night, Hannah goes over to see Dan- See if Danny's home. Mm-hmm. At this point, she's very determined to figure out what his deal is because this mystery is kind of weighing on her. Yeah. She walks over to Danny's house. It's very dark. She knocks on the kitchen door a couple times, no answer. She looks in the window and sees Danny's mom sitting there at the table, not very far away from the door. Like her back is turned, you know. Yep, so she knocks again loudly. Danny's mom doesn't move, so Hannah yells, answer the door. Mm-hmm. Um, not a move that I would typically make if someone's obviously hearing me like, very close to the door and not responding to the door. Just Once kind of you've knocked a few times, you you just, you go. <laughs> or just say hello. <laughs> don't start screaming mm. into the door.
0: Do you remember those days where you only were able to tell if your friends were there by knocking on their door, where you didn't really have cell phones, stuff like I that? Mean, you, you could, could call. call ahead of yeah. times. Yeah. You know, so, but, but, but otherwise, yeah, just show up at the door and ring the bell, knock on the door, whatever. Yeah, see if they're there and then just wait a few minutes and then you got to go, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Typically
1: but, just people in your neighborhood, in my experience. Yeah. Because like, you don't want to go all the way across town. They're no, no, home. no.
0: Like I had a friend who lived across the street. He had all the uh, gaming systems. Yeah. So it was Kenny and Daniel across the street from me. Mm. So I would go over there uh, many times, just knock on the door, see if they're around and stuff. But sometimes just not around, not available, and just have to go back home. So yeah, yeah. I had some neighbors who
1: were like uh, had all the game systems too. Yeah. One kid in particular had like everything. It was ridiculous. He had like stuff that nobody else had, like Atari Jaguar and stuff. Wow. Like the the obscure stuff that like nobody could afford. Wow. So, yeah.
0: There's always one. There's always one in the neighborhood. Yeah. You know? And that's those are the people you become friends with. Exactly. So. So, Hannah had been knocking on
1: the door. Danny's mom appeared to not hear Hannah at all. And it, Hannah's like, why can't she hear me? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it hits Hannah all at once. She she comes to this realization. She's like, oh, my God. Danny's mom is also a ghost, just like Danny. Dun, dun, dun. I'm living next to a whole family of ghosts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hannah reassures herself a little bit by telling herself that she doesn't believe in ghosts. Mm-hmm. Then she gets home, finds her parents are watching TV in the living room. She wants to tell them about the neighbors, tell them that they're ghosts. Mm-hmm. And her parents are like, Hannah, please, we're watching TV right now. Yeah. So Hannah leaves to go uh, walk downtown and get ice cream.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's okay. I mean, like she's kind of stressed out a little bit. Um, so she'll go for a nice walk, you know, clear her head. Uh, I think, was this when she wanted to go and see if Danny wanted to get ice cream with her too? Um, I don't know
1: if she does or not. Did she Did she try to get him? I can't remember.
0: I think so. But I think she wants to get uh, ice cream with Danny and then if ask she, him.
1: If she does stop by his house, he's definitely not home because she's going to run into him downtown. Yeah. So she goes downtown. The town's very empty, but the ice cream place is still open. Yep. She's about to walk into the ice cream place when Danny and two other older kids um, that he was with earlier um, come running out with mm-hmm. ice cream. Mm-hmm. They're being chased by the shop owner who runs into Hannah and knocks her down. Mm-hmm. The kids had run off without paying, so the shop owner's mad. The, Danny's with the kids that he was with outside the post office. So yeah. the same kids, their names are Alan and Fred, and mm-hmm. they would got into an argument with uh, Mr. Chesney, the postmaster, earlier, mm-hmm. and now they're apparently stealing ice cream, running out, running away from the shop. The shop owner's kind of chasing them, and Hannah sees it all go down. Um, then the shop owner goes back to the store, but Hannah runs off to catch up with the boys.
0: I mean, those older kids seem like they're troublemakers. Yeah. You know, I mean, Danny's with them, That's but right. it's still, I mean, is he at fault for being hanging out with them, in your opinion? Yes. I think so, too. I think so, too. I mean, my, I know that my mom would tell me to choose wisely the people who I hang around right. with, and so at this point-
1: My mom was like, take whatever you can get. Anybody who's <laughs> willing to put up
0: with you, just latch on, don't let go. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know. It's a situation where he's hanging with the wrong crowd. He's hanging with a tough crowd. Yeah, Yeah. some older kids who
1: are troublemakers. So Hannah catches up with them, and the boys are kind of celebrating their success of stealing ice cream. Mm -hmm. They're joking around about it, making a lot of noise. Hannah is keeping her distance a little bit, finally, learning to be a better spy. Yeah, And then she sees bright lights approach, and she thinks that it might be the police, but it's just a random dude asking for directions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. After the boys give directions to the random dude, they continue walking along until they get to the Chesney house. He was the postmaster from earlier. Oh, yeah. So these kids don't like this guy. Mm-hmm. They're at his house. It's got some kind of carved wooded mailbox out front that Mr. Chesney is apparently very proud of.
0: It was like carved in the shape of a swan, a swan. or something That's like right. that with like open wings and mm-hmm. stuff, which is really nice. I mean, to take the time to do something like that. Yeah. Um, it, it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. You know, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hannah's still hanging back a little bit, not uh, revealing that she's spying on them. Mm-hmm. And in front of the Chesney house, the other boys are daring Danny to steal the mailbox. Mm-hmm. They're kind of teasing him and peer-pressuring him to try to get him to do it. Yeah, yeah. Hannah has a bad feeling about it, so she tries to call out and stop them. But then everything goes dark for Hannah. Mm-hmm. And she sees the shadowy figure again with glowing red eyes right in front of her. Mm-hmm. And it whispers her name a couple times and then disappears. Yep. And then Hannah is watching the boys talk about uh, taking the mailbox and eventually, Danny tries to lift it, but he can't. Mm-hmm. The other boys try to help him lift it, and then Mr. Chesney shows up.
0: He says, I wouldn't do that if I were you, and he is
1: pissed, George. Yeah.
0: He grabs Danny by shoulder. Yep. And actually hurts Danny's shoulder. That's right. It hurts him so much that Justin had to grab his shoulder right when exactly. I said that.
1: Because I have like sympathetic pain. Exactly. I can, I can feel it. Exactly. So Mr. Chesney grabs Danny. Danny grabs the mailbox. A piece of it breaks off. Mm Hannah screams at Mr. Chesney to let go of Danny, Mm -hmm. and Danny shakes himself free and runs off.
2: Yeah.
0: So the boys
1: are all running off, and Hannah's chasing them. Mr. Chesney yells after them, saying that he'll remember them, and next time he'll have the shotgun. Yes, yes. The boys eventually stop running, and the older kids are laughing about how mad Mr. Chesney was. Mm -hmm. Danny says his shoulder really hurts from where Mr. Chesney grabbed him. Mm -hmm. One of the kids says that they should go and get revenge, but Danny's like, being quite reasonable reminds them about what Mr. Chesney said about the gun, shotgun. Yeah. yeah. So Danny's like, no, nah, we probably shouldn't go back there. The older yeah. kids are more like
0: fired up to like go get revenge on the dude. Well, I mean, it's a situation where like the older kids, I don't know, what are they really doing? I mean, with their lives. I mean... It's summertime. It's summertime, but still. I mean, just to, They're
1: young teens, early teens. I guess... Nothing else to do, George. They're maybe too young to have summer jobs, although Mm -hmm. they might be old enough. They're probably
0: like uh, thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, it's a little young to be working. They're the older kids, and so Danny's trying to hang out with the with the big boys. Yep. And uh, but they're just a bad influence. Let that be a lesson to you, to any of our younger viewers um, who probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast anyway. Yeah. But you know, make sure you find the right people to hang around with. They'll have positive or negative effects in your life. Right. So. Yeah,
1: did you? Were you mostly able to surround yourself with positive people?
0: Um, can
1: hang out with any bad kids? Did I'm you sure cut up in the wrong crowd. Joe, I
0: didn't get caught up <laughs> in the wrong crowd. You know, I, I, my parents were very particular with who they would let me spend large amounts of time with. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, and I you pretty
1: much always got clearance before you.
0: Pretty much always. I mean, yeah, I had to get clearance before I left the house. Essentially, so, yeah. so yeah, so it's I, I, managed there must to stay have been trouble.
1: some. Like I don't know what kind of neighborhood you were in. I was in a big neighborhood, quite a few kids in the neighborhood, and there were good kids and, you know, what you might consider less good kids in the mm-hmm, neighborhood, mm-hmm. and my parents didn't really know specifically who all the kids were. Mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. a big group of kids in the neighborhood, and so, you know, there were definitely some bad influences in the mix, but... Yeah, I mean,
2: eh.
0: my parents basically kind of uh, kept us to certain areas, like, I would go over Kenny and Daniels... Uh, a pen? Kept what? You, kept you in a pen? Almost. More or less. (laughs) Almost. Yeah. But yeah, Kenny and Daniel. Shout out to Kenny and Daniel. Kenny and Daniel, if you guys uh, are listening to this, shout out to all the good times we had back uh, on um, Dunbar Avenue. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, with all of this, there was, um, you know, Society Hill was at the end of the street and that had a lot more people. Okay. I wasn't really allowed to go over there without pre-set clearance or. Wasn't really allowed to go over there by myself that much. At so, what age are we talking about? I, well, at twelve. At twelve. Okay. At, yeah. Enough. Yeah. So um I mean and by the time I was like thirteen, fourteen and stuff like that, it's like, okay, electronic gaming was bigger. Right. So it's like Yeah. But I had my own basketball court. Well, not court, but we had a basketball hoop, hoop on sure. the driveway. So I'd have people come over. We'd play basketball. Had a pretty good backyard. So I had people come over. We'd play in the backyard or nice. have friends. So I didn't have to go too far for my entertainment and my interaction with people. Sure. Um, and also, one of the things, um, in terms of the people you interact with, uh, like with the classes that I was in by the time I got to middle school and high school, Like, they were, um, like, upper-level classes. Right. So, you can't be a very bad kid and in these upper-level classes. Yeah. You know, also, I need time to do my homework. Sure.
1: So, it more or less kept you out of trouble until you got into hard drugs.
2: But otherwise, (laughs) the older boys
1: in the story are getting more and more excited about the idea of further messing with Mr. Chesney, saying that they should teach him not to pick on innocent kids. Mm -hmm. Danny is really not interested in any further trouble, so he walks home. Yeah. Hannah then approaches Danny and asks him if he's really friends with those older kids. Mm-hmm. Danny is like, "Oh, they're all right. They just talk too much. Mm-hmm. like to try to be too tough. yeah, and Hannah starts to scold Danny for stealing ice cream and messing with the mailbox, but mm-hmm. then she stops herself. she's like, ah oh, he he probably knows better. Like, yeah, I don't want to be annoying. so yeah, she kind of like voices her objection to their behavior and then like lets it slide more or less. yeah, Does't want to be like
0: um a March Simpson, yeah, but he's she knows yeah she knows that he knows, and that's yeah. what
1: matters exactly. Yeah She also mentions that she went by Danny's house earlier And saw his mom And how his mom didn't answer the door mm-hmm. And Hannah really What she really wants to ask Danny Is if he and his mom are ghosts But instead she asked him Why didn't your mom answer the door Yeah And Danny says Okay I guess I should tell you the truth mm-hmm. And Danny leans in closely And Hannah's like Oh my god Finally a ghost confession He's going to tell me He's gotta tell me Here and it goes da- And Danny says that his mom is deaf She had a bad inner ear infection And went completely deaf in both ears mm-hmm. Which is sad which yeah, is for sure. Yeah. yeah, So Hannah feels pretty foolish. Her and Danny get to their houses and Hannah goes to wave goodnight, but Danny has vanished. Mm-hmm. Hannah then walks over to her front door and the dark shadowy figure with the glowing red eyes again appears, points at her and says, stay away from Danny. Listen mm-hmm. to my warning. Hmm. Hannah is like, this is death, isn't it? That's what, this is the whispery voice of death. Did and she actually say that? I think she does. Something like that. She's like, or she refers to it as something of that nature. Hmm. It seems like a deathly thing. Yeah. It's the whispery voice of death, I think is what she said. There it is, right there. The whisper of death. On the left side there, George. On the left side? The whisper of death, right Ah, there.
0: Ah, I see. She's
1: like, oh, it's the whisper of death. And she screams, and the dark figure approaches, but then Hannah's dad opens the front door, Mm -hmm. and the figure disappears. She tells her parents what she saw, and her dad searches the yard, but doesn't find anything or anyone.
0: Well, now that is one of the first times in a Goosebump book where the father... Actually steps up and takes charge and when does there, something yeah. when there appears to be an issue, like his daughter is obviously upset very much so, and yep. he gets out of his house. He gets the flashlight. He puts on his shoes and goes and he searches the yard thoroughly. Right, you know. So that is that is a good father. Is that the best father we've seen uh, in the Goosebumps? We've so far? had
1: very few father figures in the Goosebumps universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I would say possibly
0: most responsible father. Dad so of far. the year. Dad of the year.
1: Yep. Yes. But dad doesn't find anything in the yard. So he's like, ah, should I call the police? I don't really know what else I can do, but I don't see any signs of any intruder or anything. Again, he asks, should he take the next steps? Right. You know, so. And then Hannah says she'll just go to bed. So she goes up to sleep and then finds the shadowy figure uh, waiting for her on her bed. So she's shocked and afraid and she starts to back away from it, but then Mm -hmm. realizes it's just a sweater. (laughs) (laughs) Just a sweater. It was just a sweater.
0: It was just some clothes. It was just a sweater. <laughs> so she
1: tries to sleep, but she's still thinking about the shadowy figure and about Danny. She still thinks that he's a ghost. She doesn't understand why the shadowy figure told her to stay away from Danny. hmm But she thinks that maybe it wants to prevent her from proving that Danny is a ghost. hmm She has a dream that night with fire and a cave and the shadowy figure. Mm-hmm. And in the dream, the shadowy figure pulls itself apart and it's Danny underneath. Mm-hmm. But when Hannah wakes up, she's like, "There's no way Danny is a shadowy figure. No way, mm-hmm. impossible." But mm-hmm. she just still doesn't know what what's going on with the mystery of Danny, so she still wants to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. The next morning, Hannah sees Danny playing outside, runs over, and yells, "Hey, uh, hey, Danny, are you a ghost?" She's she's getting right to the point now.
0: Makes sense. She's not
1: beating around the bush anymore. Joel. Yeah.
0: Again, would you would you call this reasonable behavior?
1: She's seen a lot at this point. Yeah. I. It doesn't hurt to ask.
0: Yeah, I mean, like just ask him flat out. You know. Yeah. Instead of like spying on him in a library or something like she's that, she's seen him know? do
1: some ghostly things. She well, she
0: hasn't seen him do some things like land and stuff. Sure. Yeah, she's, yeah. She Mysterious didn't see things behavior. that she would expect to yeah, see. Yeah,
1: and him like vanishing and the mystery of like how is it that we don't know each other when we live next door to each other? Like, yeah, doesn't make any sense? Yeah. So she wants some answers. She says, "Hey, Danny, are you a ghost?" Yeah, and Danny's like, "Ha ha, yeah, sure." And Hannah's like, "No, seriously, though. Are, are you actually a ghost? are you a ghost?
0: Because I need to know. You could tell me. You and, could tell me."
1: And Danny's like, "What?" And Hannah's like, "I oh, never mind. Forget it." <laughs> so she feels kind of stupid again. Mm-hmm. And they play soccer for a while, talking about the night before at Mister Chesney's. Mm-hmm. Danny says the older boys want to go back for more trouble, mm-hmm. and Hannah says it's a bad idea. While they're kicking the soccer ball around, Danny trips and ooh, falls. Ooh, before, before
0: that, yes. No, Hannah says, um, "What I miss." Having a little bit of trouble playing because she's wearing uh, sandals, mm-hmm. uh, and like I've said before in other podcasts, if I haven't said it before, I'll say it now. You're not prepared to do anything really when you're wearing sandals. Okay, you know. So when you leave the house, have a proper you, footwear. I've
1: definitely heard you say that before. I don't know if I've heard you say it on microphone. Before,
0: well, I'm so saying it on mic right, right now for the record. For the record, sandals—you're not prepared to do any sort of activities. Yeah, sandals. Sandals are loungewear at best. Yeah, you know. So again, when you leave the house in the morning. Wear shoes that you'd be able to do things that you might want to do close in that toed day. toed shoes? close toed shoes, I'd say. Yeah. I've had too many ex- bad experiences with sandals in the summertime. Tell us about at least one of them. At least one of them. Yeah. So, whenever it was hot in the summertime, my parents would be like, oh, it's too hot to uh, wear shoes. You should uh, put on sandals. Okay. And... I, I as a child, I'm like okay, I guess. What kind of sandals are we talking about here? I'm just talking about uh, open-toe sandals, sandals like a
1: single strap across the front.
0: No, like the ones that like will strap on, like the with thongs? Velcro. No, not the thongs, <laughs> not the thong sandals. Just think of uh, like the ones that would um, have like support on the back and things okay. like that. And you, of course, wearing black socks with these sandals. No, or? I wasn't wearing black socks with these sandals. White Justin. socks. No, oh, no, I got no, it's even worse. no. But uh, the thing is that many times when we'd be on vacation, my parents would have us do that. And we're on vacation, in Florida. Many times we would go to buffets, and one of the grossest things is when you're at buffet and you have buffet food get on your toes because you're oh wearing sandals. God. Cause you're a child, you're trying to get the buffet stuff, and then you have like Oof. like things dripping on your fo- uh, toes and got sticky toes for the rest of the night. Oh, no. That's just gross. Yeah, it it's bad. The worst experience was when I was at like a church retreat, and um a bunch of the kids were playing basketball. And I had my sandals, my sneakers were, because my parents were like, oh, you should put on sandals, it's too, uh, too hot. We're inside a hotel. Okay. Whatever. But everyone else was playing basketball. I was trying to keep up in sandals. I could not. I mm. could not. I think those sandals ended up breaking it's that day, too. It's hard to run in sandals. Yeah. So I, that day, I um, made a vow uh, that I'm going to wear proper footwear yeah. when I leave the house.
1: I don't remember all the sandal details from the story, but I think- Uh, Hannah makes a comment that it's
0: like pretty hard to play soccer in sandals. Yeah, she says, exactly. uh, Wearing sandals is not the best for kicking a soccer ball. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense.
1: But they're playing soccer. They're running around. Mm -hmm. At one point, Danny trips and falls to the ground. Mm -hmm. Hannah tries to help him up, but she goes to grab his hand, and her hand goes right through his hand. Ooh. And so something ghostly has just happened. Hannah accuses Danny of being a ghost. Mm -hmm. Danny denies it, then tries to push Hannah, but his hands
0: go through her. Without warning, he stepped in front of her and shot his hand straight out at her chest. Yeah. Hmm. That's right. What would happen if she wasn't a ghost at this he point? He would pushed her. He would have pushed her? I, okay. Is he, <laughs> it, seems that, it seems that he was, I guess, trying to make sure she was real. That's right. You know? Yeah. So, But still. It was just a standard ghost check, George. Standard ghost check? Yeah.
1: I, I'd say- I say that to women all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: standard ghost check. Ghost check. <laughs> oh, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. Me personally, let me speak for myself. The views and opinions of Justin do not reflect <laughs> views and opinions of George. Fair enough. I would go for the shoulder or a you know more reasonable area. Yep. You know, so that's fair. Yeah. So I'll, I'll reconsider. Yeah. Think about that.
2: Think
1: about that. So there's ghost accusations flying here. Danny is horrified because he's seen her hands, his hands go through uh, Hannah, mm-hmm. so he's got this horrified look on his face, and he turns and runs off. And Hannah says to herself. Danny's not the ghost. Oh, my God, I'm the ghost. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hannah's the ghost. I'll pause for a moment, George, till you recover from the shock of this unexpected
0: twist. It was shocking. Yeah. It was shocking.
1: But so, you know, all along, you know, I was anticipating that twist. Really? Yeah, that Hannah was the ghost. Hmm. There's quite a bit of foreshadowing that Hannah's the ghost. Yeah. Um, We'll
0: we'll talk more about that after we completely finish. Yeah, sure. In other R.L. Stein books, um, like when I was reading this... in other Arnold Stein books, you think that okay, that's the end of the story, right? Right. Because I even remember reading this um, the first time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Get to this part, it's like, oh, this could be the end of the story right here. What right. else more could they add? Right. You know. So,
1: so I was expecting this twist since page one, and mm-hmm. didn't know where it was going to land in the story. But it's we've just had this twist, and we've got quite a bit of story left. Yeah, so. quite a bit actually. Yeah um so hannah's a ghost she has to come to terms with this realization mm-hmm. she's sitting outside her house when a couple of neighbors walk by talking about how they hate having an empty house on the block mm-hmm. one of them says how long has this house been vacant talking about hannah's house mm-hmm. and the other mm-hmm. says ever since they rebuilt it after that terrible fire about five years ago mm-hmm. it was terrible the whole house burned down
0: and the whole family died a young girl two little boys yep. they all died that night yep and at this point i put in my notes Uh, Justin should be happy, because as we promised, (laughs) Arl Stein Mm, finally murdered some children. He
1: did not murder them. They died before the story started. It does Uh, not count. She was uh, a ghost from page one.
0: No, no, no. Not from page one. No. Because page one was, if you remember correctly, in the fire. So maybe I interpreted
1: it differently. I interpreted her as like her having a flashback. like That was a memory of something oh, that had already happened. Right. So maybe that was actually her dying in that fire. But i that's not how I read it. But I'll have to read, like, go back and read the language specifically to see if they yeah. suggest that it's actually
0: happening. We'll uh, we'll go back over that once we get to the end of this, too. Like Interesting. one of the things they also mentioned is like, yes, uh, what happened? You know, the kids had some kind of campfire out back behind the garage, and they didn't put it out properly. So, knowing what I know, when I reread this, when they talked about the campfire in the first or second chapter, I basically highlighted that.
1: But either way, know. it was five years ago,
0: right? Mm-hmm, so,
1: mm-hmm. if the campfire is maybe like always burning and always has been burning since they died. Like in the backyard. It's like a ghost campfire.
0: No, it hasn't always been burning, you know. It's uh not an eternal flame. But huh. yeah, we could talk <laughs> we could talk <laughs> okay. we could talk more about that in a little bit. All right. But yeah, they actually talk about how this happened so basically uh these uh let's call them the exposition twins they're staying from the house expositioning sure um talking about oh it's so sad you know yeah you know five years ago the fire killed the family these boys beautiful little girl yeah
1: and hannah responds to that saying like oh my god it's just like the dream that i had yes so was it actually a dream or was she is she remembering what actually happened Mm -hmm. like i'm Mm -hmm. not sure if what she experienced on page one was a memory of what had happened or what it was actually happening, so mm-hmm. we'll maybe circle back to that. Definitely, definitely. But the neighbors go on to discuss how the fire started because the kids had a bonfire out back and didn't put mm-hmm. out the fire completely uh, before they went to sleep. So yeah. we got some fire safety tips. Yeah, let, that you. Yeah. let that be a lesson to you. Let
0: that be a lesson to you. Always uh, make sure you to put out your fire, douse them, stir th- stir them with a shovel, then douse them again. Yeah, as Smokey the Bear would tell you. Make sure so it's completely out, completely out. Only before. you
1: can prevent wildfires,
0: and only you can prevent
1: house fires. That's right, so. But it all makes sense to Hannah now why she doesn't know who Danny is and Mm -hmm. the other boys are and why nobody's writing to her. It's because she's been dead for five years. Yeah. She also mentions that ghosts come and go, I guess. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're solid enough to ride a bike or kick a ball, and sometimes someone's hand will go right through her. Mm -hmm. Also, sometimes time moves fast and sometimes it moves slowly. Mm -hmm. So she gives us a little bit of insight into what the ghost universe is like and what it's like to be a ghost. Mm -hmm. And that kind of explains why... You know, sometimes she, like, remember when Mr. Ches, or not, the, the ice cream guy, came out of the store and mm. knocked Hannah over? Yeah. And there she had, like, a solid form. Yeah. And then one time, Danny tried to push her, and her his hands went right through her. Yeah. So she did not have a solid form. So apparently, it kind of comes and goes.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. That's what we're led to believe. I mean, she begins to think about this, which, again... A little bit exposition-y, uh, like, I mean, it would make more sense for her to, like, look up in a book or something like that and read about it. But I guess she comes to this realization, so.
1: Yep. Hannah wants to know if her parents already know that they're all dead. Mm-hmm. So she goes mm-hmm. home, but no one is there. Mm-hmm. The house is completely empty. It mm-hmm. seems like she's seeing the house as it actually is, which is yeah. a completely vacant house. So it's like something has happened and Hannah has somehow disconnected from her ghost reality. Mm-hmm. Kind of a sad scene, actually. It's very sad. She like goes home, but her house is like an empty house. It's been empty for five years. Yeah, this is, is like, where am I? Like, where am I? Where's my family?
0: This is actually uh, one of the um, realist. Uh, R.L. Stein thinks they actually have some actual sadness to it. Yeah, heavy like scene. Yeah, it definitely is. Definitely is. So,
1: at night, Hannah sees Danny outside, and tr- and she tries to run over to him, but mm-hmm. he's scared of her, and he rides his bike away as quickly as possible. Hannah assumes that Danny is going to Mr. Chesney's house, Mm -hmm. and she has a bad feeling that something's going to happen, so she decides she has to follow him. And all the kids are, in fact, going to Mr. Chesney's house. Danny's there. The two older boys are there outside Mm -hmm. the postmaster's house. They're trying to get some revenge, apparently. Revenga. They're going to try to steal the mailbox. And it looks, even though, obviously, they've been threatened before with the shotgun, um, it looks to Hannah like Mr. Chesney's not home at the time, but she can't really tell for sure. So Danny grabs at the mailbox and tries to pull it up. Mm-hmm. He eventually is able to pull it out of the ground. And one of the other kids picks it up and starts kind of carrying it around like a flag. They're kind of celebrating their little victory. Yep. yep. they drop the mailbox and walk, start walking towards the driveway of the house. And Hannah can see that one of the older boys has a box of matches. Hmm. Oh, no, George. Oh, no. This is a... This could end badly. Very badly. Very so badly. So Hannah watches as the boys walk up to the house and climb into an open window. Obviously, Hannah has a very bad feeling about this. She's trying to follow the boys into the house when she feels something grab her leg. Mm -hmm. Just the garden hose, George. She stepped in a garden hose, apparently.
0: It was all a hose. It
1: was
2: all a (laughs) a (laughs) hose. Exactly.
1: (laughs) So she she shakes off the garden hose. She gets over to the window and starts calling to Danny uh, for them to leave, but they aren't responding to her. Then a light goes on in the house, and it gets brighter and brighter, and Hannah's like, turn off the lights. What are you crazy? Somebody's going to see it. Idiots,
0: turn off the light. What are you doing?
1: But the lights get it gets brighter and brighter Hannah realizes that it's a fire Mm -hmm. so Hannah is yelling for the boys to get out of the house it's getting smokier and the fire is getting bigger then Hannah sees the shadow figure again comes towards her and tells her to stay away Mm -hmm. Hannah says who are you but the figure keeps moving towards her and then tries to grab her Mm -hmm. then Hannah hears a noise at the window above her and one of the boys falls from the window knocking Hannah to the ground Mm -hmm. so again Hannah is interacting with the physical world there apparently because she gets knocked out by one of the boys jumping out the window yep yep this is um, one of the kids who actually... It's Alan, specifically, is the first one out of the house. And mm-hmm. he's kind of the oldest and kind of the biggest troublemaker. And he's the one who had the matches. Um, and he's the first one out of the house, of course, after he starts the fire. He's like, we didn't mean to start the fire. Um, <laughs> it but was he, always burning since the world. Yeah, and, and it was definitely all Alan's fault. And then the other boy gets out of the house, too. But, of course, Danny is trapped inside, of mm-hmm. course.
0: Well, I mean... Again, it's a big issue. Like um, like the person who is the most capable gets out first, right? Yeah. They're not responsible. They don't care about, they don't deal with taking care of the younger one. That's right. This is a big issue, you know.
1: Yep. Those older boys, to their credit, at least seem somewhat concerned that Danny is, is trapped in the house and is going to die. So mm-hmm. they run off to try to get help at the neighbors. Do they run off to get help or do they just run off? It said that they ran off to get help specifically so okay. definitely uh, a little bit better than just running off which is what most kids would have done if they got if they kind of panicked they just mm-hmm. bolt mm-hmm. but they try to go get help Hannah says that she's got to save Danny mm-hmm. then the shadowy figure gets in her way and tells her to leave the shadow figure says you will not save Danny mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Hannah is and the shadowy figure grabs her and Hannah's screaming let me go I have to save him mm-hmm. she grabs at the shadowy figure tries to push it and then pulls at its face she mm-hmm. screams who are you and then she pulls away the darkness around the face and sees that it's Danny's face with glowing red eyes. Hmm. It's the face of Danny with glowing eyes. Yes, yes. The shadowy figure with the Danny face says, I am Danny's ghost. When Danny dies in the fire, I will no longer be a shadow. I will You'll be, be born, born, and Danny will go to the shadow world in my place.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Hannah pushes through ghost Danny, mm-hmm. runs to the window, and climbs into the house. She tells herself that she can't die again because she's already a ghost. Makes sense. Reasonable. She finds Danny trapped behind a wall of flames. She walks through the flames, grabs Danny, and pulls him to the window. Mm-hmm. As they fall out of the window, Danny is alive, and the shadow figure near the house is on fire, consumed by flames. And then the shadow figure with the Danny face disappears. Hmm. And Danny's like, Thanks for saving my life, Hannah. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. A couple hours later, Danny's back home after being treated by the paramedics for a smoke inhalation and some minor burns. Mm -hmm. His mom asks him how he got out of the house, and he says it was Hannah,
2: the girl next door.
1: Yeah. His mom's like, there is no girl next door. Hannah's the girl who died five years ago. Mm -hmm. You must be delirious from the stress of the fire. Mm -hmm. And Danny says, but where is Hannah? Um, Hannah's actually in the room, but nobody can see her. Mm -hmm. She thinks that maybe that's why she came back after five years, just to save Danny. Yeah, and then Hannah hears her mom's voice calling her back, calling her to some somewhere, calling her back home. And everything in the room, everything in the room, starts fading out. Everything Uh kind of gets kind of gray and dark, and everything is almost completely faded. And Hannah calls back to Danny saying, "Remember me," and she's not sure if he can hear her, but she hopes that he can. And that's the end of the story. Yeah, yeah. So Hannah was a ghost. Possibly back to back in like the living world, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the living realm to protect Danny.
0: Yeah. So with all of this, I mean, like, I have some thoughts.
1: Yeah, it ended up being a very sentimental and touching story in the end, didn't it? It was definitely the most sentimental one we've had so far. Yes. Um, What are your thoughts,
0: George? Um, Um, I mean. Basically, this story was one of the most, I think, impactful goosebump stories for me, because it played on some of the fears that I had at the time of. Interesting. I mean, it made the fear of um, perception. You know, perception in terms of uh, being dead and not knowing it yet. Hmm. You know, yeah. Um, because how do you know? Like, how do you know that you're not dead right now? And everyone the story else made you seeing question is question your reality. Yeah, very much so. Wow. Um, you know, so. Like how do you know that you're not dead and you're the people around you aren't also ghosts, you know? Right. Um for like a good while after that I would do like straight up reality checks, uh, whenever I was someplace. Mm. You know. At nighttime didn't know if you were waking up as a ghost or so, anything like that, you know. Yeah. Uh so it was uh, a little bit frightening. A little okay. bit frightening, you know. Like yeah. it played on a lot of the fears that I that I possibly had at that time I see, when I was I younger.
1: Yeah. You know? So before we jump into some of the dynamics of the ghost realm, because I want to yeah. talk about that a little bit. Yeah. First, a little conspiracy theory. Is there any way Mr. Chesney started that fire? He burned
0: his own house down to try to murder those kids? I don't know. I mean, he's a federal employee, and he probably has very good insurance. I mean,
1: they, they don't call it going postal for, for no reason.
0: Well, why burn his own house down?
1: For the to collect insurance mm-hmm. and to murder those kids who well, mess with his mailbox, his the most cherished thing in the world.
0: They had the matches. I think they're going to have a misdemeanor charge after all of this, you know. Well, they're children, so they'll probably get away with it, but I mean, it's arson. Arson, yeah. Pretty 100%. bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first thing I actually, I don't think Mr. Chesney did it. Um, I think, wait, you think Mr. Chesney burned down the Hannah's family's house?
1: No. That, that, I mean that that wouldn't make any sense to me. It would make sense that he really hated those kids and really wanted to murder them. So he waited till they went into his house. He burned his. He set fire to his own house Mm -hmm. to try to murder those kids.
0: I think that's a bit of a stretch. The fact that they had it is a bit of a stretch, but it's fun to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) I think there was something like that that I saw where instead I must have watched the Goosebumps, um, the Goosebumps show where I think they had lantern or something and they dropped it and stuff. So. Mm. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, a. Situ-
1: right. So it's not. Probably probably not right. I just, don't just a think. I so. just I mean, a theory I, don't I wanted think to explore.
0: So. I mean, one thing to explore, though, in the beginning, that's Hannah witnessing her own death. And that's the last thing she remembers before she came back. You know, the last thing she remembers her lungs burning and herself dying in a fire. You know, that's not a dream, that's reality. Sure. And her waking up five years later is just her ghost's mind making sense of the reappearance in the house. Yeah, that's very possible. So that's, that's super spooky. Yeah, you know? I agree.
1: A um, couple questions. Still want to jump into some more about the ghost dynamics, but a question for you first. Yes. Did Hannah help Danny cheat death, and is Danny going to die again soon anyway, Final Destination style? Final
0: Destination style. So um, I, I mean, everyone... Everyone dies, but um, it's a situation where I think uh, I don't think it's going to be something that dramatic. Um, We could have several different options. Either that is actually, you know, a time displaced um, ghost of Danny, which doesn't make sense why one would want to be a ghost. So that makes me believe that it is an entity in the shape of Danny that wants this death. You know, that might not be Danny, but might be taking Danny's form or taking something from Danny. Yeah. To allow. Is
1: is that ghost a a malevolent ghost or is it just um, like there's life and death in the world and it has to maintain an order?
0: I think that ghost is, um, I think it's a malicious spirit. You know, Um, I don't think it's about balance. It's talking about, oh, He's going to die so I could be born. So I think it's something that through the death of this child, it was going to be able to come to the world. How it's connected to Danny, um, I don't think it's his spirit. Interesting. You know? I think it's a spirit that is associated with him, but through him dying, the other spirit gets to come in to the world as a ghost okay. because that's what it truly wants. So Right. I mean, you can write a whole background story about this too.
1: Yeah. I think we have no way of knowing if – this is some like uniquely malevolent spirit that's waiting for the death of Danny, or if everybody has like a spirit that exists in parallel to them, mm. and there's like a transition of worlds when your physical form dies. Mm. Mm. But I wanted to explore that a little bit more, and mm-hmm. this is this mm-hmm. is about to get a little bit complicated. All right, here we go. But I've got some notes here about you know what I was thinking in terms of my interpretation of what may have happened here. Hit me. I want to better understand the dynamics of the ghost world here. There seems to be perhaps a conflict among ghosts. Mm. Um, we can oversimplify a little bit and call them kind of good ghosts like Hannah and mm-hmm. bad ghosts like ghost Danny. Mm-hmm. But perhaps Danny's ghost is really just maintaining the natural order of life and death. We're not mm. I, I feel like we're not really sure what's going on there. True. But these two ghosts, Hannah Ghost and Danny Ghost, can interact yes on like a ghostly plane. yes. And I'm not exactly sure you know what's happening here. But as far as I can tell, one possibility. This is one possibility here, George. Okay, I'm listening. Is that when a person is born in the living world, some ghost form of you is created, and mm. it waits until you die before it can transfer to the same plane of existence, to some other plane of existence, exactly. Hmm. And it's definitely looking forward to your death. You know, we, we've <laughs> we've seen that in, in Danny's ghost. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe that transformation is to a more benevolent ghost like what Hannah is experiencing. Oh. So you exist you've got like a a malevolent ghost that's waiting for you to die mm-hmm. and when you die it instead of just being a malevolent ghost that transfers to a new plane it becomes a benevolent ghost mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. the plane like Hannah's ghost was on.
0: Interesting. Interesting.
1: Um and then so at that point You know, when it's a benevolent ghost, it can walk the earth and selectively interact with the living world, Mm -hmm. like Hannah did. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like the ghost version of you that exists in parallel to you while you are alive has to wait until your death until it can come to the kind of the the living plane and Mm -hmm. interact in some way with the living world.
0: Now, that's just a spooky, spooky premise, meaning that there is a ghost over your shoulder all the time, just waiting for you to die. Right. Just like every time you are like at the top of stairs and thinking "jump," that's that ghost whispering in your ear. Yeah. That's a spooky, spooky premise.
1: And so perhaps there was also a malevolent version of Hannah's ghost that existed while she was still alive, Mm -hmm. and maybe there was a benevolent ghost there that tried to save Hannah from dying in the fire, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. her malevolent ghost form successfully scared the benevolent ghost away, Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. Hannah died, Mm -hmm. and then her malevolent form transformed into the benevolent form, Mm -hmm. which then had to perform the heroic act of rescuing Danny or saving him Mm -hmm. before it could ascend to yet another plane of existence, Mm. which is where Hannah's ghost went at the very, very end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then one of my questions is, what became of the benevolent ghost that tried and failed to save Hannah from the fire? Mm. Is it stuck in some sort of purgatory, wandering the earth forever? I would say yes.
0: Possibly. I mean, the thing is that... um, I mean, if... According to your theory, if that's the case, mm-hmm. then there are benevolent ghosts trying to save people from dying constantly. There may be. Then that means that for every death, there's another benevolent ghost that just- just um, Get stuck? Gets stuck? Get stuck. Yeah, possible. Maybe there, maybe, I mean, you might have to isolate to maybe child deaths or something like that. Maybe. But, I mean, there'd be too many just benevolent ghosts just- Benevolent ghosts? Walking stuck. around just yeah, trying just, to find somebody
1: to save so they yeah. can- so they, can so they can move on. move on to the next plane. Um,
0: yeah. It's an interesting theory. It really is an interesting theory. It's a spooky theory. Um, yeah. But I think, um, I don't, I I think it would become too complicated with all the um, ghosts out there who failed at their jobs. Right. I mean, basically, there'd it's be, gonna s- be... It's going to build up a little bit. There's going to be d- some...
1: Benevolent ghost traffic. There's going to be a backlog of ghosts. Backlog of ghosts. it's just going to be a backlog of ghosts. Just trying to find somebody to save. Exactly. Looking around, desperately looking for somebody. Exactly. That they can rescue so exactly. that they can progress to the next plane.
0: Exactly. I mean, yeah. my theory is, you know, just, uh, you know, just, I think it's just, I think soul-based. Like, each person has a soul, right? Um, I think the, the Hannah ghost was basically her soul kind of put into a ghost form, right? It died, got confused a little bit, right? Yeah. And sent back as a ghost form. The other ghosts of their parents were there just to make sure that it, she wasn't too confused and too disoriented. Sure. Fair. You know, um, I think that, um, you know, she was sent back to kind of try to help this not happen again. You know, so another child dying in a fire.
1: Yeah. Um, But then how do you explain the existence of the what we could call a malevolent ghost, Danny's ghost?
0: I think that's just a malicious spirit in the Danny's An opportunistic spirit that exists in the world. Yeah. I mean basically I I think it's something that's going to maybe latch onto a soul or something like that, you know? Or if we want to take this back, if we want to take this real back Okay. Let's do it. Spirit mirror Danny. Wow. This is
1: uh that's a lot to absorb,
0: so for that's a callback to uh um, connected universe right to a connect we're assuming a connected universe, so this is callback to uh our podcast on let's get invisible uh those of you who have uh listened to that podcast, you'll understand this if you haven't, go back and take a listen um uh, I think it was one of our fun podcasts, but basically the parallel shadow version either trapped in an alternate um plane of existence or in the spirit world, you know, where they can have certain effects. Yeah. You know, um, trying to escape either through the death of the primary or through a swapping through, uh, portals or means.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if this was a mirror, Danny was the shadowy spirit, then I don't know how it's interacting with the living world without the mirror. Like, cause there's no necessarily reason to believe that Danny ever, um, like found the mirror looked in the mirror but mm-hmm. it's a, it's an interesting theory. I think yeah. I'd have to give it a little bit more thought obviously you can interpret these stories in a lot of different ways yeah and that's that's an interesting start to an interpretation yeah. but I've gotta give it a little bit more thought
0: I mean I think this is uh, I mean honestly I think this one has a lot of good interpretation to it. it has a lot of high quality horror elements yeah because there's a lot of things you could talk about a lot of theories that you could come up with um and just the fact any horror um, Book that makes you do a lot of reality checking, I think, is a smarter book. Um, Reality checking is something that, um, you know, that to me, that's something that's frightening. Just the concept that your perceived reality is null and void. Like, you know, you're perceiving something that doesn't exist, you know, and you're actually dead in the ground somewhere, or you're hooked up to some sort of virtual apparatus and everything you know is wrong. Yep. You know, so. Yeah, that's I think a, a trademark of good horror, and I'm not sure where R.L. Stein stole this from, but um, yeah, but it's good. I mean
1: the 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 main twist is that you're expecting there's a ghost next door, so Danny's going to be the ghost. It turns yeah. out Hannah's the ghost. Yeah, and that's uh, you know, he, he basically Shyamalan does, b-
0: before the time of Shyamalan, that's true. Yeah. I think M Night Shyamalan probably read this and like I have an idea for a movie. Yeah, so yeah, so I, I don't know this.
1: Very well wasn't the origin of that twist. I'm sure it's probably yeah. been used in other stories. Yeah, um, but it's you know it's here. It's a good shamaloning. Yeah, I mean um,
0: basically it goes by the rules. It's like there are ghosts everywhere. Um, they don't know that they're dead, so and that goes by those rules. She didn't know that she was dead till the end. Yeah, once she did, she tried to do something positive, and then ascended. Yeah, you know. So I mean,
2: yeah, but
1: the twist of Hannah being a ghost, I thought was was way too obvious you think so i do i thought that the foreshadowing that hannah was a ghost was even heavier than the foreshadowing that danny was a ghost Mm -hmm. um but there was a lot that came after the twist that hannah was a ghost so i was i left the the situation feeling, feeling pretty satisfied with the story
0: Yeah, it was a satisfying end to a story that was creepy yeah um so hannah moves on to her next plane of existence danny didn't die in a horrible fire yeah um but Mr. Chesney's mailbox remains broken. So broken, I feel yeah. bad
1: for him. Uh, yeah. I mean, unless he burned the house down, try to kill those kids.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, you could write a whole uh, extension of this story where he was the actual arsonist yeah. that started these fires that killed Hannah. Yeah. Um, where he was actually conjuring uh, s- demons in the form of uh, spirit children. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the story would write itself. Yeah. And, you know, it was all Relayed back to him, and that yeah. would explain why he disliked the children so much. That explains why he carried a shotgun around, you know, because either he would kill these children to have their spirits be hit do his bidding or what have you. Yeah, you know, so pretty
1: good story. Yeah, and, and overall, you know, there's also some imagery in the writing that sets a tone mm-hmm. that we don't really cover when we're just kind of going through the beats of the story. So there is a, like a little bit more that's hard to capture when we just talk about what happened. Tell us
0: more, tell me one.
1: Um, I don't have any examples here, but he definitely you know, uses language that can like, create a bit of suspense instead of mood. Mm-hmm. So I think that we miss out on a little bit of that when we're just kind of running through the story quickly.
0: Yeah, like they talked about the dark, swirling nature of the spirit. Yeah. Um, like just sort of like when I when I uh, read that, I envision like sort of like a dark, swirling robe, you know, that hand mm-hmm. actually pulled down and it's Danny's face and things like yeah. that. Yeah, I think about like the Death Eaters from, um, from what you call it, Harry Potter. Okay, and yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's a good one. Yeah, it's... pretty
1: satisfying. got do we have any odds and ends, George? Odds and ends. As usual, we're going pretty long here.
0: As usual. How 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 far along I don't know. Are we? We're probably
1: an hour and fifteen in.
0: Hour and fifteen minutes. All right. So let's not keep our viewers too long. So with we look at this, we looked at some of the different covers. Let's look at the cover from um where's this one from? Well, it was from the UK. And this one here. Apparently in the UK they have no idea how to um not spoil a book by the cover, mm. so this one has uh, what looks to be Hannah in a room that's on fire, yeah, uh, with her hair kind of almost looking like it's on fire. yeah, I mean, I guess this could also be the boy because his hair is red, yeah, but um with like bubbles around it, I think it's smoke smoke, yeah, yeah, just just awful. Yeah,
1: it's not. It's not great. And the, t- the the little caption on the cover says, "Reader beware, you're in for a scare." Which is, while it does rhyme, it doesn't really uh, relate to the story at all. It's the it's, sta- it's
0: the Goosebumps um, theme, like the Goosebumps I caption. Yeah, but yeah, uh, this is the the uh, French one. Just a few color swaps. Uh, this other one color swap. See any
1: particularly interesting covers? All these alternate covers in different for books in different languages are all the same except for what do we have here. Which one is this?
0: This is I don't know which one this is. Maybe is this German? Could be. Well, this one looks like you know, they're hanging out. Could there's be this the Dutch s- version too, George. Could I'm be the sure. Dutch version. Looks like they're hanging out and there's this like alien ghost trying to give them a hug. Yeah, two kids with a skeleton like grabbing them, but it looks more like an alien ghost. Yeah, like skeleton. The female one is like, uh and the male one's like, hey, man, don't have time for this, you know? I, I don't want what you're selling, so. Yeah.
1: The the kid looks kind of like, uh, the boy looks kind of like Pat Sajak from Wheel of Fortune. <laughs>
0: you're right. You're right. Uh, there are a few other ones, yeah. but you could check them out yourself on the Goosebumps Wikipedia.
1: Nothing too exciting. Do we have any, like, trivia? Let's see what we got here. Trivia section.
0: So, differences. In Portugal, this is the 11th book of the Goosebumps series. Yep. <laughs> it's not interesting at all. Well, um do, 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 do. the classic reprint like I said was uh done for the Goosebumps movie. Um there's no little trivia it, section? Is it fair if I uh let's see. Trivia. There we go, trivia. Uh this is one Goosebumps book without a surprise ending. Um there were there were
1: absolutely were twists. Yes. Um the two main twists is that like Hannah is a ghost and that the shadowy figure is Danny like dana's yes. ghost yes but then yeah it ends with kind of a touching ending where uh hannah's getting called to transfer to the next plane of existence yes, yes. which is um there's like no twist right at the end it's very i could see some people getting a little bit choked up reading those yeah. last couple pages yeah i
0: think i was sad when i read it yeah. too.
1: A but it was bit. good i liked it i liked that but That's, i guess yeah technically there's no surprise like there's no final like, little sting right at the end yes yes
0: So with trivia, okay, uh, one of the people Danny mentions is Alan Miller. This name is later referred to in the R.L. Stein's TV series, The Haunting Hour, uh, for the famous comic book writer, In the episode Rush with Badness. I didn't watch that series, did you? No. No? But Uh, that's
1: interesting. I guess Alan Miller, I think, is one of the kids? Yeah. And is mentioned in a later R.L. Stein book about how he's a famous comic book writer.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um one thing um this might be a spoilish for the goosebumps film, so if you uh, haven't seen the goosebumps film turn it out for a few seconds mm-hmm. all right, so <laughs> yeah uh this Hannah Fairchild appears to be a protagonist in the adopted oh, okay. a, at the adopted Gerald Dar of Arlstein in the goosebumps film so again I didn't know that. you know, watch the film the film's actually pretty good. Okay. I'm sorry if I spoiled that for anyone, but the film's pretty good it's actually I'd watch it again i ch check it out, Justin okay. I think we'll it's do. on uh, Netflix. Yeah, uh, the book is referenced uh, in Goosebumps: The Game uh, in the name of the achievement at the end of the RL Stein says uh, he will move to he will move to Mat- Madison with his daughter. So, okay, interesting. So, now, thus
1: concludes the trivia section. Yes, great. Overall, not a bad story. Pretty I, good. I enjoyed it. Honestly, George, for most of it, I it didn't have me. I was not because I was waiting for just that one twist where it's like, oh, Hannah's actually the ghost, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was like, that's a little bit too obvious, even for children's book. Um, so I was not on board. But then they got to that twist about seventy five percent of the way into the book, and we had another twenty five percent of some crazy stuff happening mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and kind of some thought provoking stuff about uh, the you know the reality that we are experiencing, the nature of reality,
0: nature of life, nature of reality, yeah. and, you know, reality, the spiritual testing. world. Next book, George. The next book is called The Haunted Mask. Fantastic. Now, this, I think, was the first Goosebumps book that I ever read. Okay. I've I, heard good things. I It was um at my cousin's house. It was on the shelf. It looked interesting. Yeah. I picked it up and I read it. Great. Yeah. So, can't wait. It's going to be a so, good one. Thank you for watching. Be careful what you cast for with uh, George and Justin. Um, please make sure to like and subscribe to us on all media outlets, including sound. Because I know you, ha- you,
1: you listening right there, I know you haven't done it yet. Yes. I know you
0: haven't. You. Because no one has. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You, you sitting in your chair. Yeah. Yes, you. Yeah. yeah. Stop being lazy. Like, subscribe, comment. And if you already have, you know, comment on this podcast. Say, hey, stop yelling at me. I already did that. Yeah. So, then. Again, if you already did that, why haven't you told your friends? Yeah, you tell know? your friends,
1: tell your enemies. Yeah, tell your
0: friends, tell your enemies. You know, have them listen to this. Yep, get get this in more ear holes. Fun. But with all of this, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, soon. To be YouTube.
1: Oh, somebody told me. Uh, yeah, we're gonna be on YouTube soon. Well, actually, we actually already are. F- we've got the first couple episodes up on YouTube. Oh, yeah. It's oh, just it's God. just the audio with uh, a static image, but whatever. All right, so all right. Somebody told me recently about um, this thing. It's a podcast player called Overcast mm-hmm, where you can mm-hmm. listen to it on like fast speed, oh. and it clips out like the silences, the gaps in between you're talking, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it clips out like the us. And the ums. It's Pretty interesting, yeah.
0: It's interesting. All so I'm you can, can listen to
1: it. Uh, it's called like Smart Speed or something. It's kind of cool. huh. You can save yourself all kinds of time.
0: How do we sound on Smart Speed? A little bit higher pitched. <laughs> <laughs> it, speed, it speeds it up a little bit. So I'll make sure I talk even deeper. Perfect. So to compensate. Yeah. Yeah. Watch it on however, whatever media channel you choose. We don't care how you watch
1: it. Just watch it. Just watch just, it and don't tell care people. how you listen. Just listen.
0: Listen to it. We want to see your comments. We want to see you like How and you tell your friends? Just, just tell do long. it. We want them to watch it. We want to subscribe. Share the fun of this podcast.
1: Yeah, stop being so selfish.
0: Yeah, yeah. You only think about yourself. Think yeah. about someone else for a minute. Share it with your friends. Share it with your enemies. Exactly. What's wrong with you? But with all of that said, I'm just kidding. thank you for listening. You're great. <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are fantastic. A fantastic audience. Yep. You're and with
1: that. Really attractive, too. All of you. <laughs> Every single one. Beautiful listeners.
0: Such pleasant people, indeed.
1: They're really like the best people I've ever. The ever smartest
0: ever. people too. I love these people. These are great people. <laughs> but anyway, guys, thank you again. We love the fact that you've been supporting us to our what eleventh?
1: This is our eleventh episode. Eleventh episode. Yeah. Be careful what you cast ten, for. One fiercey book, ten goosebumps books. Yep, yep.
0: Wow. Also, you know, don't forget our video game podcast, Game Break Tech One Two. Yeah. Um.
1: Our episodes have gotten longer over time. Yes. Yes. But Let us know
0: if you if you like that
1: or if you want <laughs> to keep it short. It's fine. We could probably keep this under an hour if we really focused, really got down to business. Yes. Cut out some of those ums and uhs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let us know if
0: uh, these episodes are too long. Yeah. But anyway, we love your support. Look for, for us on YouTube soon. Look for us streaming some game content soon as well. But with all of that, we thank you for your time. Peace we'll out. We'll catch you later. Peace.